0: Hello, online family. My name is Matthew Malik, and I'm the lead pastor here at Refuge. We are so incredibly glad that you chose to tune in to the Refuge official podcast today. We believe the message you are about to hear will inspire you in a very meaningful way. We believe the Lord is ready and willing to do a great work in your life, and we believe that you'll hear from him today. Please enjoy
1: Well, glory to god let's give god a praise in this place he is worthy to be praised because he is the lord of lord and he is the king of kings and he sits on the pinnacle of the earth and he called you he called you by name he called you out of your mother's womb and he calls you his son his daughter and he calls you whole and complete before his throne through his son jesus christ i need him this morning i need him this morning i need him to come Because I am not enough. I was I was reminiscing with that song, that second song, and we sang, I am not enough. I need God to come. I can't get up here. Most of the time before I even come up here, I don't have a clue what I'm going to say. Nothing. But it it makes me dependent upon God because I need Him to come. I need Him to show up in my life because without Him, I am nothing more than a failure. I am nothing more than a washed-out person who is trying to complete it on my own. I don't know if I got anybody here with me that feels the same way, but is there anybody in here that needs Jesus to come? Is there anybody out there? Yes. We need them to come. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just ask that you would come into this house right now, Lord. We invite your presence. We invite your Holy Spirit. Fill this place with your glory. Fill this place with your might. Fill this place with your understanding and your wisdom and your righteousness, Lord. Come and dwell amongst us, O Lord. As we come before you, we get on our faces, Lord, and we cry out to you that, we, that you are a God that we need and we need in this moment and we need for our nation and we need for our families and we need to come out of the mess that we see around us in the name of jesus we ask you to come right now in your holy name lord touch my lips today touch my mouth today and speak only what you would have to speak and nothing that i would have to speak and lord we'll move in this house lord i just command right now that someone's coming out of the grave this morning someone is coming to you this morning in the name of jesus lord that you are going to touch the lives of your people lord because you care for them you have called them lord and you are have never left them lord come O oh lord into this place Preach to us, O Jesus, your words. In Jesus' name we pray. And they all said, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I just so so thank you, Pastor Matt, for that introduction. And yes, I do actually try to be like him. I often wonder what it would be like if I just came up here and said nothing. (laughs) And like, wonder what's going to happen. But he has so much wisdom and so much knowledge and God has shown me that He has really placed an anointing on Pastor Matt, not only for this congregation and this church, but on this region. He has put a desire in Pastor Matt's heart for people, a love that, that can only be given by God. And I 100% see that in you every day. Every day. It never lacks. And I praise God for putting a pastor over me, one that I can fall under authority to, that loves people the way he loves people. That is obedient to the God the way he's obedient to God. That he is someone that I am proud to be underneath. Because I know that he's underneath the Father. And I just, I praise God for that each and every day. So the pastor alluded to the fact that I'm going to be finishing up a series. A series that was started about three weeks ago. Started with Pastor Matt. He, he started talking about Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah we've been going through. And he talked about a time of return. The return to Jerusalem. The return to a place that had been desolate. That had been overtaken by war. Babylon came in and they took all of God's, God's people and, he, and they exiled them to their own land. And they took them away. And only a very small remnant did they leave the poorest of the land to fend for themselves. And they destroyed everything. And there's a moment that Pastor Matt talked about that there is a moment that we need to return. There is a moment that things are so destroyed, either in our lives, maybe in our relationships, or anything that we do, that there is a time to return. And there's a time in your life, maybe it's today, that you realize that I need God. That I need to quit trying to do this on my own. And it's time for me to return. And Pastor Matt talked about the return of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a man after God's heart because Nehemiah had a burden that God had given him for a place he'd never even been to. God touched Nehemiah's heart. And Nehemiah didn't 100% know what to do with this touch. And so he prayed. And the second week, John Titus brought the word about rebuilding the walls. And that you are worthy to rebuild the walls because God has given you the ability to do so. And that when you get to the lowest part of yourself, you can allow God to do big things in your life. That you have value. That God calls you to greater things than just sitting there and looking at the rubble. And last week, Pastor Matt brought the word about reading the word and confessing sin. See, even after the walls were rebuilt in Jerusalem, to remain behind built walls, we have to understand what foundation is. If they would have just rebuilt the walls and went on with life as they did, and didn't read the Word of God, and didn't confess their sins, those walls would have came tumbling down in a matter of no time. It's about foundation. It's about understanding and pursuing God. And we're going to take a deeper look at that. My plan is to kind of hopefully encompass all these things together and show you the deep dependency of which Nehemiah had with God that drove him to do what God had called him to do. When we enter the first chapter of Nehemiah, he hears from his brothers and from a remnant of, of, Israel, of Jerusalem. And he hears that the walls have been broken down and the gates have been burned. And the people are in reproach. And they are hurting. And they are in pain. And Nehemiah feels this burden from the Lord. He doesn't know what to do with it. What do walls represent? What's the significance? Why do we need these walls? Well, the walls represented protection for Jerusalem. Protection against the enemies outside. The walls represented the fact that they could protect themselves and that there was a a separation between them and the outside enemy. But walls can represent many things. Walls can represent seclusion. Walls can represent a blockade. The walls of Jerusalem were originally intended to protect the city. But they became a place in which the city depended on. And they quit looking at the God that allowed those walls to be created and started looking at the walls. And ultimately, it came to the destruction of Jerusalem. It got so bad before the Babylons came in that famine had broken out and drought was so bad that they started thinking about eating their children. And people were dying all over the place. And their only hope was in those walls of keeping out the Babylonian army. And God sent prophet after prophet declaring that God was coming and they needed to repent. And to get their eyes off of the walls and start putting their eyes on God. And there's walls in our lives. Walls that we put up to keep the world from getting in. Walls of our own protection. Walls of our own dependence. We put places where people can come and they can come no farther because we don't want to come to the point of people seeing our hurts and our burdens. We put up walls and say, well, I'm going to come to church on Sunday, but I'm not coming any farther, God. I'm not coming any closer to you because I really, I don't want you to come in too close and get into my dirt. And we do this to friends. We do this in relationships. We do this to parents. We do this all over. And we build these walls. And we start to depend on these walls to protect us from our hurts being shown to the world. Maybe you got some walls up today. Is there anything you're depending on that isn't God? Is there any place in your life that you can see that you're not allowing God to come into? I'm not here to tell you to let everybody in to your dirt, but I will tell you to let God in because He can heal you, He can clean you, He can wash you, He can take away the hurts, He can take away the sorrows. He can make you afresh and anew each and every day. What is a wall in your life? Are you depending on a wall? Are you depending on God? This isn't the first time that they tried to rebuild the wall. See, they had tried, I think in Ezra chapter four references them trying to build a wall and being unsuccessful because of their enemies. See, sometimes God will allow you to be fruitless, to show you your need for dependence. Have you been trying to do stuff in your life and been unsuccessful? Because you've been trying to do it yourself? We've got to come to a place that we realize that we cannot do this ourselves. And we try and we try. I've done this. I've tried and I've tried and tried to accomplish things in my life and been fruitless, and realize that it's not my dependency that I need, but I need to be dependent on God, and He will allow the fruit to come. Dependence is nothing more than the state of relying on or being controlled by something or someone. Dependence seems like a bad word to some of us. There's a lot of babies actually around now. and We're going to have a baby soon, which is pretty awesome. But, yeah, thank you. But uh, we all started as babies. How dependent is a baby? Pretty dependent, right? They depend on, on their mother and father to clean them, to put them to sleep, to, to feed them to hold them, to rock them. They're so dependent that they don't want you to leave them. <laughs> and their, pen, their dependency is great. So we all enter this world in a dependent state, right? We enter this world in a dependent state. And we end up trying to work ourselves into independence. We work our whole lives trying to be independent. I remember when I was probably less than 10 years old, just wanting to be that older person because they were independent, because they were doing stuff on their own, because they, were, they had the knowledge, they had the understanding and they had the wisdom and they're doing all these things. I was working my whole life to try and become that person, to be, try and become older and independent and on my own where I wouldn't have to depend on others. So I spent my whole life trying to do that. And then when it comes to the Lord... When it comes to me receiving God and understanding what he is in my life, God says, you're independent right now. I'm going to meet you where you're at, but I need you to become dependent on me. I need you to become dependent on me and start acknowledging me in every way of your life. And I need you to sit and wait on me. What does it take to be dependent? I don't know. What does it take, guys? This is what the Lord showed me. It takes extreme humility. Because you have to deny yourself. You have to deny yourself to become dependent on someone else. To become dependent on another person to provide for your needs. To become dependent upon someone to give you instruction and direction. You have to deny yourself because we all have our own wants and desires. We have our own ideas. And we want to act on them. But until we become humble and wait. See, it's not just, it's not just humility that we need but it's patience that we need. We have to stop and wait upon the Lord. And it's difficult as an adult to do that because we see things before us and we want to touch them and we want to do things and we want to see things happen in our lives. And we're like, God, I I know you called me to something. I'm not sure what it is, but I think if I just start heading this direction and then we end up trying to do it on our own and we end up failing. We're like, well, God wasn't even with me with that. How can I trust God now? Well, did you wait on God long enough to hear from Him? You know, that's the best part about having people over you that, are, that have higher authority like Pastor Matt and Pastor Deb and Tim Kleiner. These guys that have heard from the Lord. And you come to them and you say, you know, guys, I, I, this is what the Lord's been speaking to me. And they'll be like, eh, I, would, I would continue to pray about that. You know? That's, that's wisdom. Because they've experienced things. They've seen people fail. They've seen, some, they've seen people try to do things without God. And failure comes because of it. And so their wisdom comes in part in saying, hey, let's pray about that together. Let's join our faith together and let's wait upon the Lord. The Bible says that if you wait upon the Lord, he will renew your strength. He will lift you up with wings as eagles, run and not become weary, and walk and not faint. Now that sounds like a great promise to me. But it requires a big sacrifice. The Lord calls us to be dependent upon him. Right, let's get to this. Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 5 through 6. This is Nehemiah beginning in his prayer as he has heard, and the Lord has set a burden on his heart for Jerusalem and those walls. Chapter, five, or chapter 1, verse 5 says, I said, I beseech you, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who preserves the covenant and loving and kindness for those who love him, and keep his commandments, let your ear now be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant, which I am praying before you. Day and night, on behalf of the sons of Israel, your servant, confessing the sins of the sons of Israel, which we have sinned against you, I and my father's house have sinned. Nehemiah begins his pursuit of God with a burden that was put on his heart. He didn't begin by chasing after the broken walls. He didn't say, yep, I've heard from the Lord. The Lord's put a burden on my heart. Let's go. Let's go get it. Let's go build these walls. He stopped, and he prayed, and he sought after the Lord. And he says in this scripture, he talks about the ear to hear. And he asks God if he would just, he knows if God would just hear his prayer, if he would just answer his prayer, that the amount of help that he needs would arrive. That if the Lord gives him direction, he will be successful in the thing that he is thinking about doing. And he'll give him better direction, not just what he was thinking, but what the Lord had designed for him. And he knows that that God's going to come through, that that help, if that help arrives, he will move with success. Because God is with him. Nehemiah, same chapter, chapter 1, verses 8 through 9. Says, remember, please, the word which you commanded your servant Moses, saying, if you are faithful, I will scatter you among the people. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though those of you have been scattered were in the most remote part of the heavens, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place where I have chosen to have my name dwell. Nehemiah's dependence wasn't just on the fact that God was going to show up, but in his prayer, we see his dependence upon God's promise. And he prays God's word. He prays God's promise. He says, Lord, I know what you spoke through your prophet Moses. And the promise is that even if your people had gone astray, If they were to to return to me, I need you to see that this morning. If you return to me, then I will gather my people and bring them back to dwell in the land which I called my name to dwell. And that, that land was Jerusalem. That city was Jerusalem, referred to even as Mount Zion, which is the place in the end of times when Jesus comes back to reign. That is his dwelling place. He says, I will gather my people if they'll just return to me. The very reason for the destruction of Jerusalem was because of the unrepentant heart and, and, and the unreturn of his people. They didn't return to him. They didn't repent. They didn't come back to him. And God's saying, if you would just return to me, I will begin to heal you. I'll begin to touch you. I will gather you. My promises are true. The Bible says that even when we're faithless, he is faithful. Because he cannot deny himself. Don't look at your broken state and think that God can't help. Don't look at where you're at right now and say that God can't do anything with me. He may have used you, but he can't use me. I've gone way too far. That is a lie from the devil himself. God is there for you. He wants you. And when you return to him, he will use you. He'll use people that you never thought he would use. Nehemiah was a cupbearer. Better spoken, a poison drinker. He was a poison tester before the king. In a land that he was exiled to, born. Born as an exile. In a land that he wasn't called to. And the Lord gave him favor because his heart was for the Lord. He had heard about the Lord through those that have taught him. And so the Lord gave him favor to be in the king's house. It was a great place to be. He had all kinds of comforts. The only discomfort he has is that, hey, maybe somebody's going to poison the king someday. God's called us to great things. But even as a cupbearer in the king's house, God called him out and said, you're not just going to be a cupbearer, but you're going to be a builder. You're going to be a builder for my kingdom. Have you been unfaithful? Has your faithlessness put you in the place that you're at now? Have you considered returning to God? Has it been a thought in your mind? Has it been something you thought about? You may be here today. You may be here for the first time. You may be here for the last time. You may be here. Who knows? But you could be here a hundred times, a million times, and still not return to the Lord. Just because you're sitting in that seat today doesn't mean that you're, you're returned to God. So I'm, I'm just going to call out to you today that the Lord is calling your name, and your name specifically, wherever you're at. Whether you've been walking with the Lord for 10, 20 years, he's calling your name. Why? Because he doesn't stop calling your name. Because he calls us on a daily basis to continue to chase him. See, dependence isn't about a, a one-day walk. Dependence is about a lifestyle. Dependence is about getting before God and allowing Him to move each and every day. It's starting your day with God and ending your day with God. God moved in in Nehemiah's life and He moved in Jerusalem because Nehemiah was willing to sit and pray before the Lord and ask for help and not go out on his own. And he didn't get the answer right away. Sometimes when we don't get the answer, we just quit, and we keep on going the way we were going, because we're like, well, God can't hear me. There's two dates. The first date is in the beginning of chapter 1. The second date is the beginning of chapter 2. It was four months before Nehemiah saw the favor of the Lord working with him before the king. Some of us don't pray for four minutes. I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes I run out of stuff to say after four minutes. Nehemiah said, I'm going to stick to this. And however long it takes for the Lord to answer, I will wait upon him. Because I'm a dependent upon his answer. So that I can see success in this story. In Nehemiah chapter 2, Verses 19 through 20, we see some opposition. It says, But when Sambalat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite, official and Geshem the Arab, heard it, they mocked us and despised us and said, What is this thing you are doing? Are you rebelling against the king? So I answered them and said to them, The God of heaven will give us success. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build but you have no portion right or memorial in jerusalem are people mocking you are people telling you that you can't make it are people telling you that you're never going to get to where you need to be are people telling you your marriage is going to be unsuccessful are people telling you you're never going to get married are people telling you that you know that's the best job you'll ever get are people telling you that you'll never save enough money to buy a house because of the way you are People are mocking you. People are putting things over you. What was Nehemiah's focus on this? God will give me success. I am not going to listen to the mockery and disposition of those around me, but I'm going to listen to the God Almighty. I'm going to listen to the word that He says for me. How do I listen to the Word that God has for me? Well, you got to get in the Word to begin to understand it. Remember those promises that he was praying about? Nehemiah didn't just get a revelation of the promise. He had been reading the Word. He understood what the promises of God were. Do you you know what the promises of God over, over your life are? There are a lot of them. And they're all in here. You want to know what the promises are? Start getting in the word and start, start reading it and seeing the promises of God and then start speaking those promises out over your life. And the mockery and the disposition won't be able to stand in your life because you know what the promise is and you know that you're going to step out on the other side with complete success. And he says, we will arise and build. Somebody needs to be told today that you will arise and build. God has called you to arise and build. No matter where you're at today, you will arise and build. God has put it in your heart and when you return to him he will give you the ability to do so you will arise and you've got to keep that in your mind no matter what you can see See, we see in such a natural light we see in such a natural way we see the people around us but God doesn't work in the natural he works in the supernatural he works beyond what we can see because he works beyond what we can see we don't always comprehend what he's doing and so we have to continue to speak the promise that he's given. Because if we don't, we give in to what we see, and then what we see becomes a reality to us. If Nehemiah would have said, that project is too big, they did it before and failed, there's no way we can do it, these people are mocking us, we can't do it, they wouldn't have had success. Because he would have denied the promise that God gave. And the promise was that if you return, I will allow you to dwell in my land. If we keep going, Nehemiah 4, chapter 4, verses 7 through 9. Who's this is good. It says, Now when Sanballat, Tobiah, and the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashadites, heard that the repair of the walls of Jerusalem went on, and that the breaches began to be closed, they were very angry. All of them conspired together to come and fight against Jerusalem, and to, cause, and to cause a disturbance in it. But we prayed to our God. And because of them, we set up a guard against them day and night. They were conspiring to destroy them. They saw that, the, the, that, they, that they were having success. You got people conspiring against you because they all of a sudden they're like, well, how does that person... <laughs> how's that happen to you? You're like, nobody likes you. How do you have so much success? I don't get it. All glory to God. All glory to God. And they see the success of the people before them. And they're, they're taken back. And they're like, we got to stop this. And they begin to war against them because of jealousy and anger. Because they didn't have the promise of God. They didn't understand who God was and that that promise was there. They were afraid. They began to see success, and they thought, well, if there's some success, there could be complete success. And if there's complete success, then we've lost the city. We've lost the people that we've had as slaves, as bond people. We've lost our people that, that we've used to, to do things for us. And they got afraid. And God is confounding your enemies. He's confounding your enemies. Let's go to the next, the next uh, scripture that I have. It speaks right on that, on that moment. Nehemiah chapter four, verse fourteen through fifteen. Says When I saw their fear, this is Nehemiah talking about the people building the walls. I rose and spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses. When our enemies heard that it was known to us about their coming to war, right? It was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan. He frustrated them, he confounded them. Then all of us returned to the wall, each one to his word. See, just because we know God doesn't mean we're not going to see fear. But fear doesn't have to be controlling us. See, the people began to fear, and Nehemiah was quick to remind them of the God that was going to confound their enemies. He reminded them that it wasn't based on their effort that they were going to succeed. See, if it had been based on their effort, there was great, great reason to be afraid. Why do you think you get afraid sometimes of seeing unsuccess because you're doing it on your own effort? But see, if you're following after God, you're going to watch God be successful in your life. You're going to know Him by His promises and His strength. See, there's no... <laughs> There's no limit to God's strength. There's no limit to His ability, to His power. He will succeed. And you've got to begin to continue to speak that. Cast down fear because the enemy can't control that because God has already given the promise. Victory stands in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Don't allow fear to come in and break. Break what God's doing in your life. He said, Remember. One of the first things we forget is God. One of the first things we forget is His power in our lives, what He's spoken of. The first thing we forget is His promise. And we begin to disregard the promise and fall into the situation and allow the situation to determine the outcome instead of allowing God to determine the outcome. Remember the Lord. Nehemiah depended on the Lord through all these trials. He overcame thick and thin. He overcame the people's fear. He overcame everything that they had been speaking. He overcame Sanballat and Tobiah. And in 52 days, they rebuilt that entire wall. It says in the scripture that even his enemies, even Sanballat, Tobiah, and all the enemies of the land realized and recognized that this had been a work of God because there was no way anybody could have built those walls in 52 days. And so they saw that that was a work of God. They realized it. And people are going to see the work of God in your life. Can people see that work? When people look at you, can they see the work of God in your life? Can they see what God is doing? Can they see the power of Him working? That success spoke to even the enemies. And who knows... Someday your enemies could be sitting right beside you, worshiping God just the same as you are. Hallelujah. Nehemiah chapter 8, 8 through 10. It says, They read from the book, from the law of God, translating to give the... to give the sense so that they understand the reading. Then Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord, your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people were weeping when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go eat the fat, drink of the sweet, and send portions to him who has nothing prepared, for this day is holy to our God. Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The people were weeping. The law was read. See, when the law was read, the people saw their inadequacies before God. They saw that they were not adequate to uphold everything that Moses had commanded that had been given by God to Moses. They saw that the law determined that they were sinners, and sinners would would they always be. And they saw in their inadequacies that they could never uphold the thing that God was asking them to uphold. And so they began to fear that they would too end up like their enemies. But Nehemiah is quick again to to bring them back to the focus that it is the joy of the Lord that is your strength. That it's not about you. It's not about what you can do. The law points out our weakness, our sins, so that we can recognize that we need a Savior. And this would come to pass 400 years later. But see, their inadequacies made them to weep and mourn instead of return to the Lord and see the joy that God had delivered them and see the joy that God had called them His people. Are you focused on inadequacies today? Are you focused on where you're at instead of where you're going? I could talk a lot about that kind of stuff. Let's go a step further. In chapter 9, verses 2 and 3, it says, "...the descendants of Israel separated themselves from all foreigners and stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. While they stood in their place, they read from the book of the law of the Lord." their god for a fourth of the day and for another fourth they confessed and worshiped the Lord their god Israel comes to this point where they confess before the Lord they worship before the Lord all of a sudden they're chasing after God, even though they're inadequacies, even though that they didn't truly believe God in the beginning, even though all these things, all of a sudden the law is read and they're beginning to understand that it's not by their strength are they, are they made holy or righteous, but it's by God's strength that they're made holy and righteous. It's by God's choice that He has chosen them, that He has called them for to be His people, that He has called them out of the rubble and the brokenness to be someone that He is going to use as ambassadors or representations of Him before other people. See, God's going to be able to work in your life even before you can get to this point. The thing I want you to see here is that God came and rebuilt the walls prior to this verse. Prior to them coming to the foundation of understanding worship and the confession of their sins. Now, Nehemiah had represented them in the first chapter and asked for forgiveness for himself and for his people. He bore even the blame of his people and understood that himself was sinful even though God had chosen him. But God rebuilt the walls prior to this. God can work in your life where you're at. He met Israel in the rubble, in the broken down walls, in the distress and reproach of the land, and in in the disdain of their enemies coming in and and destroying them and using them as slaves and who knows what else. But God met them where they were at. And he used Nehemiah to get them to see that they needed not to be dependent on the walls that they saw broken down, but they needed to be dependent on God. And when their dependence was focused on God through what God was doing through Nehemiah, they began to see and the walls began to be rebuilt. Because they put their passion towards what God had called them to do. And the walls began to rise. They rose up from the rubble. One stone at a time. It takes humility to get down on your knees and start picking up stones and rebuilding. When you know people have tried it before and failed. When you know people are mocking you. When you know people are saying you can never do it. And you just keep going back day after day. This is, this is how I feel my worship of the Lord in the morning. When I get up in the morning, I go and I read my Bible. And regardless of what I have to do for the day, I get up and I open my Bible. And I know I'm like, this is faithfulness right here. I've got to step in, and I'm going I'm to pick that stone up. I'm going to read it, and I'm going to understand what God has to say about me today because I know that at some point in that day, the devil's going to come along and tell me something different. And I'll be able to reference. That's what Jesus did in the wilderness. He referenced it says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. It's not about food to me. It's about God to me. It's not about work to me. It's about God to me. And we got to begin to see God and what we're doing. And, and, and they God allowed those walls to be rebuilt, knowing that their dependence upon God to rebuild those walls, because they, they knew they couldn't do it. They saw all the enemies. They saw all those. People mocking them, they saw all the hurt, they saw the fear in themselves. But yet Nehemiah said, don't be focused on the, on the fear, but come after God. And they saw, all of a sudden the wall was built and they had to step back and say, okay, how long has it been? Three, four years? Nehemiah's like, 52 days. And he dropped the mic and walked off. But God met them where they were at, which caused them to come. To a place of repentance, confession of sin, and turning and coming after them. I believe that in this, in chapter 9, they were no longer dependent on the walls that they had built, but they were dependent on the God that caused those walls to be built. And I just want you to see today that you need to get your eyes off the brokenness of your life. You need to get the eyes off of where you're at in your life and begin to see what God can do. Start viewing what's broken as being repaired because God can repair it. And don't allow your situation to determine your destiny. Because your destiny is determined by God. Whether you're following Him or not. Ultimately, it will be determined by God. We will all come before the judgment seat, and the throne of God. And He will determine your destiny. And if you're following Him, you will continue following Him for eternal life. But I'll tell you today that if you're not following Him, when you come before that judgment throne, that it will be the last time that you ever see God. And you'll spend the rest of your life in eternity wishing that you followed Him. And that's a word for somebody. And I hope it was clear. Because it even hits me to the the bottom of my heart. In Jeremiah 17, verses 5 through 9, Jeremiah is given the word of the Lord. He says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. For he will be like a bush in the desert and will not see when prosperity comes, but will live in stony wastes in the wilderness, a land of salt that is not inhabited. That's a pretty good description of what it looks like when you depend on man, when you depend on your abilities, when you depend on the people around you. But if we keep reading, Verse 7 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots from a stream, and does not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green, and it will not be anxious in a year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. Not be anxious in a year of drought, that means no water, and, and not cease to bear fruit. That means it's bearing fruit even when they can't see the water, but the water is being drawn from the wells of salvation. Oh so, man, Isaiah talks about that with joy we draw water from the wells of salvation. From the depths of who God is. From the depths of Jesus Christ. From the depths of His foundation that He built before this earth was created. He spoke everything into existence. John 1 says, in in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And everything was created by that Word. He spoke it into existence. And it's from that well that we draw that water. And with that tree living by the stream trusting on the Lord, we understand and know that it's not physical water that we're drawing, but it's the water of the Lord. It's the living water of Jesus Christ of God Almighty. And He allows us to live even in drought. He allows us to produce fruit even in famine. And He allows us to go forth even in the face of our enemies. He wants to touch you today. He wants to see you succeed. In the first part, it talks about being a bush in a desert. Some translations it references a tumbleweed. Being tossed in the dirt and the dust of dry places. You feel tossed this morning? You feel like you've been rolling and going down a path that you're not sure where the next turn is, and you just all you can see around you is destruction, brokenness. And there's pain in your heart and you've built walls that you don't want people to touch and the walls are representations that that you have placed a barrier that no one's getting past because it hurts too much. And God wants to break those walls this morning so that He can come in and allow you to be dependent on Him. And then He'll rebuild. Not walls of indignation, not walls of self-guilt not walls of hurt but he will rebuild walls of righteousness he will rebuild walls of holiness and he will make you anew and your protection will reside in the Lord and your enemies will not be able to come in even when it looks horrible you will realize what the peace and the joy of the Lord is in times of hurt and in times of pain I'm not saying you won't have any, but when your walls are walls of righteousness and holiness, they are walls of protection all around. And even when it seems like you're not going to make it through, those walls stand. And they cannot be broken down because they're founded on Jesus Christ. Jesus came and died for your sins, He came and took our judgment remember I was talking about being before his throne and receiving judgment by the belief in our heart and the confession of our mouth our Lord Jesus Christ stands in our place his blood being holy and righteous his blood being washed over you God no longer sees you or your sinful state he sees Jesus Christ in your place Jesus has already paid your hurt he's already paid your pain He's already taken all your sins and He's made you anew in His image. Have you allowed Jesus to be your Savior in your life? You guys would all want to stand up this morning. I ask this question because it's a serious question and I don't take it lightly. And I don't want anyone to leave here today without the opportunity to to meet my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because He didn't just spend His life to die for me, but He had your face in His eyes when He died. Over 2,000 years ago, He saw everyone, past, present, and future. And He sought it worthy to die for you. He's not partial. There is no one that He'll take salvation away from but he gives it freely if we would just believe in him is your desire to change this morning is your desire to allow God to come in with every eye closed in this place if that is your desire I want you to raise your hand I want you to cry out to God If you don't want to raise your hand, that's fine too. But see, God did something for us. He went on a cross and died for us. And He was embarrassed in front of the entire world. And so it's pretty easy for us to raise a hand. But if that's you this morning, I just want to pray for you. I want you to repeat after me, and everybody can repeat after me if they want. But this is a simple confession for the receipt of Jesus Christ in our life washing of our sins and a new walk with Him. So if you just pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I confess my sins. I repent of my iniquities. I'm sorry. Wash me clean, Lord. I believe you. I believe you died and I believe you rose again with me in mind. Come into my life and make me anew. Cleanse my heart and build walls of righteousness so that I can stand in your protection. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. And they all said, Amen. In Jesus' name. If you did that for the first time, you just walked out of a grave. You came from death into life. And maybe you just rededicated your life. And maybe you just decided, I'm going to let God in even where it hurts. You're going to see change. Pursue God. Depend upon Him. And when all else hurts and breaks, pray. Seek Him and remember His promises. Thank you for your attendance.
0: Thank you so much again for tuning in to the Refuge Official Podcast. We hope that this message spoke to you in a very meaningful way and that you were able to receive from the Lord today. If you chose to give your life to Jesus today or would like to find more of our content, we would love for you to get connected with us on our website at WeAREfuge.net. Be blessed and have an amazing week.